And tidying up and things like that. Okay, got it. Okay, and that's kind of tidy, kind of tidy. Down, so. Uh, let's have a look. Blue USB audio. Get the audio good. And we've got <laughs> Hi Europe. Uh, okay, let's have a look. Hi everyone. I see that there's a few people that are online already. Um, we are running a little bit late. The, I went to the office to do the recording, to do the interview, and there was construction next door. So I've come back home and we'll do it from here. Hopefully the bandwidth will be okay. I'll see if I can transfer, uh, let's have a look, whether I can join Facebook, which is always a bit of a problem. So live on Facebook. Let's see if I can invite our Facebook friends. Go live. Okay, on my own time. Oops. Okay, selected the Spooky 2 page, crossing my fingers. Okay, this meeting is being live streamed. If we can overcome this hurdle, I'm going to disappear for five minutes while I throw some food down. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's have a look. And... There we are. Okay, well, we are now live. Um, so things are good, I suppose. I'll just check the audio. And yes, we can't do much about my accent, but the volume seems to be okay. Okay, well, um, I'm going to disappear for just a few minutes while I um, have a super fast breakfast, <laughs> and I will be back. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's have a look.
come back. And that proves it. There we go. Here we go. All right. Now, what else do I need to do? We are, we've, um, <laughs> so just making sure that everything is closed down it should be closed down oh there's a lot of noise somewhere don't say And I'll turn this off. Isn't it funny with different versions of Windows? I'm just closing down the Windows, <clears throat> um, my computer. Um, Microsoft always seems to have a problem deciding where to put the off button. <laughs> you know, when you want to just turn off Windows, you've got to think, where is it? Where is it? And each version of Windows has got this off button in a different place. <laughs> yeah. And the version 11, you think, well, okay, it's a. Uh, New operating system is going to be very intuitive. Hmm. Well, what can I say? Okay, so I'll turn that off and what else do I have running? Turn. Now I can close all those off. Don't say, okay, so that's that down and, oh, I've still got that broadcast, the uh, live stream video. Down, closing down. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I wonder why that is so slow. Do, 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 do. Okay. Close down there. There. Okay. Close that one down. 
<clears throat> I should speed things up a little bit. Okay, and everything seems to be going well. There's four chats. Yeah, yeah, good morning, Gira. Thanks for helping out. Um, and Jason, good to, see, good to see that you've made it as well. <laughs> Each summer that I do, it's getting hotter and hotter. As we're racing towards the middle of summer, <sighs> air conditioning is not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's hot. But um, not too bad. Uh, right, we've got eight minutes to go. The um, subject for today um, is talking about sensitivity. Actually, one thing I should have done is, uh, let's have a look. There's a, let's have a look, no, not that one there, that'd be too easy. Um, oh, where are we? Meetings, meetings, meetings. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I'm just looking at the um, <laughs> just really, just um, arranging things just prior to uh, prior to the meeting. Gosh, we're up to episode 171. Can you believe it? Wow. Actually, very lucky. We are very lucky to have Dr. Karen come, um, come um, today. She's um, at 11 o'clock in the evening in her part of town. And uh, she gracefully um, accepted our invitation to come on and uh, teach us how sensitivity can be harnessed to become a superpower. Okay, we've got six minutes to go. There's still a couple of seats in the front row. If you want to uh, have a good view of the interview, uh, let's have a look. 
I've got no way of knowing how many people. Oh, Irene's got this view again too. Um, there's no way of me to know how many people are viewing on Facebook. But hello, Facebook friends. It's um, good to have you with us. All the um, technical issues seem to be working well, which is uh, sometimes a surprise. Have a look. Oh, I know what I should do. That one. And that. Oh, where's my questions going? Oh, I've closed that down. That's a bit naughty. Okay. Oh, I hear someone. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'll get you. Hey, Jonathan. Dr. Karen. Hello, Dr. Karen. Hey, it's so good to see you. Um, thank you for accepting our invitation. Um, well, I believe it's quite. I, I, I believe it's quite late in your part of town, and. Um, yeah, it's getting pretty late. I had my blue lock. Uh, blue white blocking glasses but then it looks terrible on the video so i'm taking them off <laughs> might be up for a while afterwards oh, i'm, I'm sorry good. i'm sorry but i think it's, it's it's greatly appreciated it's a subject that um that a lot of people have an interest in and want to learn more our, our program focuses on teaching people ways that they can overcome illnesses people and um, harness their natural healing ability or or, or um, innate abilities that may have they may they may have inside and, and this one with regards to sensitivity oh that's got that's got to be interesting <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm glad the title and uh and you know intrigued you <laughs> uh okay we've got uh, three minutes to go before we, we start with the uh with the summer um, the first thing I'll be asking you, Dr. Karen, is um, what is, how would you define sensitivity? So it's, it's, a, it's a question that's going to spawn off into all sorts of directions. So it's going to be a, a, a free fall <laughs> and it's going to be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, wa I've, I've watched some of your videos and um, yeah, you're, it's, they, they've all been fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thanks for doing that. Well, and thank you for the great work you guys are doing. So um, the more the merrier, right? Spreading the good news and Absolutely. impacting more people. <laughs> That's right. Okay, now um, we've um, got still one room in the front row. If someone wants, to, uh, sorry, one seat in the front row. Uh, there's, there's limited seating, you see, Dr. Karen. So <laughs> I sort of advise people to, to, you know, to get the best seats early on because once they're taken, they're taken. And let's see, two-minute bell. I'll just make sure I've got your, um, yep, I've got everything there. Uh, okay, okay, okay. 
yeah, nine o'clock. So that means that the interview will be finishing at 10 o'clock your time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I, I, it's funny because I tend to be a night owl and, um, uh, you know, sometimes afterwards I get so excited, I stay awake for a little while. And I, recently I just decided a few days ago, I was going to get up at six to read with my husband, who's uh, an early riser. And uh, so I'm like, oh, today, but that's okay. You know, we'll see. I'm, I'm still getting up at six tomorrow. Try it out. Oh gosh. The new, gosh. The new habit, the new habit. So can I, can I ask about your, um, your blue filtering glasses? Are they, are they blue only? Only the blue light? So they're, yeah. So they are a yellow color and they yes. filter the blue. And I got these from Blue Blocks. Um, yes. I don't, I, I'm not an affiliate, but uh, one of my favorite comedians, JP Sears is. So I, <laughs> uh, so I tried them out and I really like them. So uh, yeah. So I, I wear them uh, in the evening usually, but it just doesn't, I don't know if it looks very good on the video. See if I go like this. Then yeah, yeah. If I keep my head down. It's okay, but it's not the greatest. So no, it can be distracting. <laughs> okay, well, we're not at nine o'clock. We'll um we'll start immediately to try right. and um and and we'll we'll um get underway. Okay, so um hi everyone. Welcome to Sema. Sema is a program which invites an expert to talk about an topic from their area of expertise. Now, in this episode, we're delighted to have Dr. Karen Can with us to share her insights into sensitivity. Karen is a doctor of light medicine, a number one international best-selling author. She's a visionary and a pioneer in the fields of healing, consciousness, and spirituality. Her mission is to empower spiritually conscious people to harness their intuitive healing and manifesting superpowers so they can reach their highest vibration and help anchor in a new reality of love, joy, peace, and harmony for all. As the founder of the Academy of Light Medicine, Dr. Karen teaches students her three-step Tolpecan healing method, which involves aligning with the source of divine wisdom, asking quality questions through divine muscle testing, and activating high vibrational healing frequencies. That's absolutely amazing. So, Dr. Karen, I'm so happy to have you on board with us. Oh, thank you, John. I appreciate the invite and happy to be here with you and your listeners. (laughs) We're we're very interested to know, what is sensitivity? How would you define sensitivity? Well, it's interesting because there's actually some fairly decent research over the last four decades or so in this area. Um, it's called the highly sensitive person and uh, the person that did the research and her team is uh, Dr. Elaine Aaron. Um, and back uh, several decades ago, they found out about 20% of the population were highly sensitive. And that meant that they were sensitive to things like uh, bright lights, um, noxious smells, electromagnetic radiation, negative emotions, other people. Um, so they might even be sensitive to coarse fabrics. Um, and I always joke about, you know, wearing the, uh, underwear inside out because people, <laughs> sensitive people don't like feeling the seams of their underwear. So that's, I thought that's how you extend the life. You can, you can go for two days instead of one, but we digress. 
Well, you know, the most recent research done in 2018 was that about 30% of the population are highly sensitive. And um, overwhelmingly about, I would say 96% of the people that I serve, my students, my clients are in that group of highly sensitive people. So they do have challenges with our everyday modern life, our modern technology, for example, many, and I used to be highly sensitive to electromagnetic radiation coming from cell phones, Wi-Fi routers, even lights. Um, children, uh, more and more children are sensitive. So when they're in school, when I went to school, uh, we did not have computers. And now every single classroom practically has a computer, an iPad, you know, the children often go home with homework that has to be done on the computer. Some of them sleep next to their cell phones that are on, you know, and you, we wonder why they're depressed you know, and overweight and having headaches and all sorts of things. And that's not even the sensitives, like this is happening to everyone, but the sensitives are the canaries in the coal mine, meaning they actually have symptoms and uh, they actually inform the rest of us who may not be sensitive, what is really going on with our human energy field and the disharmonic or disharmony energies that are going on. So, um, you know, a lot of people who are highly sensitive feel like they're cursed, like, you know, that there's something wrong with them and they should be fixed. And that's what they're told growing up. And I'm here to say, actually, it's a gift to be able to, you know, be that um, sensitive in feeling because you can, you have a lot of information that you can gather from that, your intuition, you know, ways of using, uh, like, for example, my mom, highly sensitive, right? We would be at, you know, you know, her house and um, she'd go into the fridge and she would smell the milk. And so, oh, she's like, dad, don't drink it. It's gone bad, right? My dad's like, what are you talking about? I just used it for my cereal. <laughs> she's like, ah, Nikki, didn't you smell and taste it's bad? He's like, no, no, it's not bad, right? But she would know. I would go to a party, for example, and there'd be potluck. And one time I remember there were these little like sweet um, kind of healthy, you know, nut, you know, balls with, you know, a little bit of sweet and cacao in it. So, and it was made by the nutritionist, no less, uh, in, in this group. So I bite into this and the nuts are rancid and I'm looking around going, can I spit this out without being rude? <laughs> Nobody said a word. I even asked my husband. Really? The nuts are rancid? He goes, they are? <laughs> you know, because that that was my uh, sensitivity in terms of what's called clairgustians or clairgustans to really indicate to me, rancid, don't eat, you know. So it's fascinating. People often have these things happen to them and they don't realize it's a natural gift or sensitivity to be able to discern things in their environment that are not necessarily good for them. Just mm. because it's normal and everybody's using it doesn't mean it's good. So right. that's what I mean by sensitivity. Amazing. This, uh, you said that you used to be sensitive to EMF. Now, a tremendous amount of people are suffering right now because they've got the 5G and all their routers and everything else. How did you um, stop being sensitive to EMF? What did you do? Yeah, it's a kind of a layered you know, process. Um, yes. I went through uh, a grave illness um, about, oh gosh, that was about 2000, 2002. 
um, yes. where I succumbed to fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, autoimmune disease, low thyroid, oh. depression, anxiety, multiple chemical sensitivities, and definitely very EMF sensitive. I couldn't even be in the same room as the then new iPhone, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, because I would literally feel like melting, like somebody just took my energy and vacuumed it out of my body. It was that bad. Uh, it was terrible. Useless, could not work. Uh, and so my patients even that had smartphones, they had to turn them off. They had to either that or they had to, you know, leave the like outside the room because I couldn't tolerate it. Um, and so what I understand now after having healed from the fibromyalgia, all the autoimmune, got rid of all the medications I was on and the whole bit is that um, with stress, meaning not just psychological stress, uh, that we put on ourselves, but with toxic stress, with not enough sleep, poor food choices, like gen genetically modified foods or pesticides and layering, you know, toxic stuff with our hair care or skincare, you know, these things take its toll over time. Right, right. If someone is born fairly resilient and their chi or their vital force is really high, they can tolerate it for longer <clears throat> until they succumb. But I was kind of okay. a weakling, kind of uh, a child. Yeah. So I got sick in my thirties um, because I just stressed myself out, recovering perfectionist, and I just didn't have enough chi or energy to withstand these things. So my body would break down in their presence. And so we had to reverse engineer, how do we get better? Right. Um, so one of my first books that I wrote another bestseller called the guide to healing chronic pain, a holistic approach, kind of do like a mind, body, spirit, um, um, you know, uh, examination of some of the things that people can do to get rid of the symptom of pain. Also looking at not just the physical, like nutrition and, you know, things like that, but also, also emotional, um, um, mental things that can cause or contribute to those kinds of uh, issues. And then spiritual things, um, everything from forgiveness to using EFT, different things. So I learned over a period of time even though I was suicidal, I decided to live. So I just, Gosh. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get better. And yeah. that meant changing a heck of a lot of beliefs for sure. Right. Right. And diving wow. into natural medicine and repleting the body and the spiritual thing, the spiritual stuff was kind of like the fast track. If people okay. do just the physical, like if either they do acupuncture or naturopathy mm -hmm. or diet, if you don't change the spiritual, mental, emotional, it's a lot longer, but I was ready to do whatever it took. So, <laughs> so for me, it was a fast track. Two years is very, very fast to heal from fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, a lot of people suffer from uh, EMF sensitivity and other sensitivities, um, but you seem to have uh, focused on the issue and gone through logically to to find the solution but i guess going back 100 years would you say you know you go try and uh, eat the foods that are more natural and not putting skin products on that are harmful um yeah i i, I kind of admire the way that you've you've um, approached the issue of sensitivity um back in the uh, 20 uh, was it 20, uh, 2000 or so when um when you first were suffering from the sensitivity. Well, um, I didn't realize that it was my superpower then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just about to say, and yeah. not only did you overcome, but you, you've, you've pivoted it around. And I was just about to say that you have actually turned it into a positive. 
Right. And I think all of our obstacles in life can be perceived that way. And if we choose to perceive it that way or even open to it, it can really um, create brand new pathways of amazing awarenesses and and amazing levels of joy and abundance in all different ways. It doesn't mean that we don't walk the dark night of the soul with discomfort. We do. (laughs) Uh, But some of those things are our best, you know, growth um, opportunities, you know. Uh, have you ever uh, seen that um, bumper sticker? It's called uh, AFGO. No, we don't. We don't have bumper stickers in my part of town. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a spiritual. It's it's among this this spiritual people. They have this joke: another effing growth opportunity. That's what it means. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so there's you know, it's it's this kind of like tongue-in-cheek kind of like oh boy here we go you know another spiritual opportunity this is another growth opportunity but but that really is how how it goes and uh, for me I was just really fortunate to make the commitment that I was going to live I wasn't going to kill myself Um, and the right teachers books whatever you know came into my awareness and I just kind of went with that next little baby step next little baby step so at first it was mainly physical like you know, yes. taking maybe supplements, changing my diet. And then I, I a spiritual teacher showed up in town. <laughs> I started taking Reiki and personal transformation courses from her. She did energy healing on me. I began tapping into my psychic powers, which I didn't know I had. Um, and then, you know, ended up doing Reiki and then kept, kept learning, kept learning, kept, because that was the one thing that I always had growing up as my inquisitive mind and loving yes. to learn. So yes. that is another superpower. Um, and I helped do that. And, and what's really cool, John, right now is when you're talking about those people that have the EMF sensitivity and things like that, mm-hmm. you can actually take and cancel those frequencies out of their energy field. So that's part of energy medicine or light medicine. You can take negative energy and take it out of their field, but you can also download and activate positive blueprints and, and positive morphic fields into the field. For example, I had, um, uh, a, a follower, Facebook follower. He wasn't actually a student of mine yet. He was an MD in India and he aspired to be like me. And, you know, I, but I never really saw him on any of my calls. Um, and uh, his wife urgently, ch- you know, did a messenger chat and said, look, Dr. Yashwant's in the hospital. He has COVID. Uh, he's on oxygen and it looks really bad. Can, you know, can, can we arrange an emergency session? And I was thinking, okay, well, first of all, he's actually not a client, not a student. Um, I just thought, well, let me just check in. I obviously I have his permission. So I just tuned in and used uh, one of the techniques I talk about in my book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, the divine muscle testing. So we aligned with source, tuned in. I had permission to do like a reading on him and found that he did not have the blueprint for optimal oxygenation. And I found this in a lot of my patients um, in the past. And uh, so, so his uh, oxygen saturation, which is a medical term for how much oxygen is in the blood, was only about 60, 60%. Wow. So very low, very low. For a previously relatively young guy, you know, it was very low. And um, so I said, well, that was one of his main issues. So we went ahead and I downloaded that to him. So I downloaded the positive morphic field, or blueprint of ideal oxygenation and oxygen. Um, and after that, when I'm also tested, it said his O2 sat 
was going, his oxygenation went from 60 to 90 something. Now I don't, I didn't have proof of that. So the next day I went to his wife and I said, okay, I did a mini healing, um, no charge. It's fine. You know, just let me know how he's doing every day. So I didn't hear from her for another day. I'm like, oh boy. And I bugged her. Hello. Like, you know, I know the time zones are really funky, but I really want to know what's going on. And she goes, oh, he's doing so much better overnight. His oxygen saturation went into the nineties. He's off the oxygen now. Right. And I said, well, give me an update every day. Didn't hear from her again. And finally she emailed me back and I said, what's going on? I haven't heard from you in four days. And she goes, oh, he's back to work. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he was in the ICU. Wait a second. I'm confused. He was in the ICU and now he's back to work. And he, she said, well, yes, they really needed him. And you know what? He, he wasn't hundred percent, but he went back to work and they had an emergency C-section. He was an anesthesiologist. So emergency C-section and he saved a baby girl's life. So I was like, that is so awesome. You know, anyway, so I felt good about being part of that, you know, that, that string of helping and, and healing. And, uh, you know, I, I told him he should have rested, but, <laughs> but he felt yeah. well enough to work and he's fine now. Gosh. So that's just an example of how people, if they're trained in how to do it, you can just download a positive feel to someone. This, this is amazing. There's so many things I want to talk about from what you just said now. Um, but I wanted to ask you, how did you, when was the time that you realized that this handicap of being sensitive was actually a superpower and a bonus? What yeah, was, you know, that's, that's a, I think, you know, I can't remember if there was a specific, um, like event. Uh, but I do remember like just meeting more and more people like me, <laughs> uh, and realizing there were a lot of trends of, you know, autoimmunity was really, really common. Chronic pain was common. Depression, anxiety was common. So there were things yeah. more common or more, uh, at a younger age in, in those that are highly sensitive. So I thought, okay, well, it's a problem. But then I also realized that, uh, all these people I was working with, were incredibly intuitive, but may, yes. may or may not have been tapping into that. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so as I worked with more and more people like that, I thought, well, you know, they're sensitive and they have these symptoms, but they, their body's really telling them a lot of messages. So if they knew what it meant and how to interpret those messages, then they could change themselves and their environment and their thoughts and their beliefs and all those kinds of things. And so I actually took a course called the emotion code and the body code by Dr. Bradley Nelson. Yes. Yes. It's good. Loved good it. mm. Yeah. So, you know, him and, um, yes. you know, I developed the Topican healing method, um, with similar kinds of muscle testing. We, we do some things differently. Um, but when we started, you know, training other people to do this healing modality and we were getting amazing results, especially among mm. the highly sensitive then they were able to tune in to their intuition, know what was their stuff, not their stuff. Um, knowing how to clear their energy field or the auric field of other people's stuff and feeling better, more centered, better, you know, sleeping and, and able to heal better, more energy, less pain. So um, what was, a, you know, an Achilles heel before actually became incredible incentive uh, to, to learn how to control their superpowers. Right. And right. once they did, they were less symptomatic or not symptomatic at all. It's like the universe was nudging you.
Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. You're saying it very gently, John. Um, I would, you know, I often quip that it was the angelic two by four. <laughs> really? So, two by four going, She's not listening. Boom. You know, we better slow her down. And I mean, I say that very lovingly. Um, but the universe usually taps us on the shoulder, like, hello, uh, that, no, that's, that's not the right path for you. You're, you're not loving yourself. You're, you're not appreciating yourself. Right. And we get enough of these taps soon enough. It becomes like, you know, like a bit of a shake. And if you're still not listening, then it becomes the angelic two by four where it's like, okay, we really got to get our attention. Uh, so then that's when my body fell apart and, you know, I had all these symptoms and I had to slow down. I couldn't continue my perfectionistic, single-minded, rigid way of living anymore because I physically couldn't do it. And a lot of us go through that and it's an amazing opportunity at the other side. <laughs> As us humans become more advanced, do you think there's a greater disconnect between uh, the physical world and the real world, <laughs> the spiritual mm. side where people lose innate abilities or learn to, or just ignore innate abilities uh, to their detriment and they become sick and don't, don't really realize it or can't resolve issues. Well, I, I think that, you know, humans are evolving whether we like it or not, you know, whether people are on board, awake, not awake. However, the, those that are not um, actively seeking their own personal evolution or healing or doing their own self-healing, um, life can become a lot more uncomfortable for them during this human evolutionary process. So we are naturally becoming more intuitive and sensitive. And maybe 20 years from now, it'll be 40% of the population who are highly sensitive. Even people that I didn't think were sensitive, I was able to communicate telepathically with and in close proximity uh, as a test just to see if they, you know, had, you know, gear tuning, you know, able to tune in to what I was telling them. And shockingly, they were, even though they were like, don't believe in this woo-woo stuff, they believe in intuition, you know, and uh, that was really interesting uh, that I think everyone is has growing abilities, if you will, but not everyone's choosing to tune in or tap into that. So some people are just getting uncomfortable and sick and that's the end of that. They don't really know what's going on, unfortunately. Do women tend to be more sensitive than men? In the past, uh, yes, I think that's absolutely true. I think now there is a growing number of men who are coming out in the open. <laughs> As, as being <laughs> or admitting that they're highly sensitive. I think they're probably, as children being born today, definitely equals uh, in terms of whether they're, they're men or women equally sensitive. But I right. think culturally, it's been really hard to document that um, because, you know, men have been told, like my brother, for example, has mm. was told when, and I was there, physically there when they said it, don't cry, you're a boy. And why yes. are you playing yes. with dolls? Right. Right. Like boys don't play with dolls. They don't. And so he ended up, you know, having a very harsh demeanor throughout most of his life, but that's not really who he is. I know. He was I know. a sensitive soul, is a sensitive soul, but it's it's never been truly acknowledged or honored. And it's a shame, but at the same time, I'm not going to force him. I'm just going to love him the way he is. 
Right. Um, is it easy to harness sensitivity as a superpower? Are there steps that one must take or should ideally take? Um, well, I, I think, you know, I, I like things, I'm a medical doctor, but I also like things that work. So I'm of the notion that it can't be hard because I just won't do it <laughs> or I just won't take the steps. Okay. If it's going to be super hard, I got to tell you, John, I'm not a big meditation fan uh, in the past. I would just not sit there with my eyes closed and meditate. I just wouldn't, couldn't make myself do it. I was too busy, you know, and I looked at everybody who at the time I knew that did meditate, you know, half an hour, an hour, two hours a day. And I was not impressed with their lives <laughs> being as judgmental as I was back then. So yes. I was like, well, why should I prove it to me back then? I didn't, I wasn't aware of the science, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so you know, when we talk about it's really good for people to meditate, you know, the science shows us it decreases your, you know, um, it evens out your blood pressure, uh, in, increase the, improves the quality of your sleep, decrease stress levels, um, increase joy levels. Um, when we are thinking about harnessing our sensitivity as a superpower, the number one thing we need to do is know ourselves. And the way I teach it is chapter four, which is the most important chapter in the whole sensitivity is your superpower book is the stellum or stillness through observing internal movement procedure or technique. If people have their own way of going into that zero point field, that field of creation, that still point, then by all means do whatever method works for you. I'm not a big meditating sit, you know, and, and you know, with my eyes closed for long periods of time kind of person. So I've learned a way to pay attention to energy moving in my body, regardless of what I'm doing. I'm not saying that I don't sleep, I do, <laughs> um, or, or take other rest, but this is, this is the way that works for me. And okay. when we connect in that way and feel energy in our body, we get to know emotionally even what's us and what isn't us. And that's kind of like that first step is getting used to getting to know you, like being here in the body. So many people are out in their heads thinking about other things like, what's going on next week or what happened in the past. They're not actually here. And you've probably heard of, you know, a lot of teachers saying be present, the now, the meta-present, how important it is. Well, when I learned it before, I didn't really get it. Like I read Eckhart Tolle's books. I read all these books about being present and the now and the importance. And I, it didn't penetrate like why? Because like I said, you need to prove to me what's in it for me. Now, I suppose, given my ego at the time, if they had said, you know, meditating will increase, you know, your um, bank account <laughs> and here is how it happens. And they gave me the technology of how that happens. I'd be like, oh, okay. I have a vested interest to meditate, but nobody ever said that. They just said, well, you know, you'll connect in, you'll feel, you know, better, you know, um, they might've said that you access your spiritual gifts more, but I'm like, oh, I'm so bored. <laughs> you know, after day two of doing, I'm so bored. Uh, <laughs> I can't make myself do it. And I just didn't do it. Uh, but I, the reason I, I'm perfectly the way I am is so I could teach other people who are similar, who won't sit still uh, to meditate on the fly. I call it stillness on the fly. 
connect in, you get to know your own energies, your own body. When you pay attention to your body and what movement's going on, what happens is all those fragments of energy that have left in the past and the future, they now coalesce into the now. This is the place from which you can manifest. You cannot manifest greater health, greater abundance, greater prosperity, unless you are here. Because if you're over here in the past or here in the future, there's not enough chi, there's not enough juice to, to um, inform the creational quantum field of what it is you wish to create. So, you know, once I figured that out and actually, you know, practiced it and go, whoa, this stuff really works. I'm like, okay, well, I wish I, they, somebody told me that 20 years ago, <laughs> I would have done this a long time ago. Um, and, and it really works. And that includes, you know, helping people with their health. Is there any illnesses that are correlated with being sensitive? Yeah, we mentioned some of them before. The most common being um, some of the mental illnesses, depression, anxiety, as well yes. as autoimmunity. So that's where the body is fighting itself. And right. this is, I see this so commonly and it has increased, oh my gosh, uh, I can't remember, 86 million. I can't remember what the number was. Uh, a lot of people with autoimmunity now and um, for highly sensitive people, uh, when there's something in the environment that they are reacting to, they can have this immune reaction where their body fights itself. Lupus is an example of a very serious illness right. where the body makes antibodies to its own organs. Mm. So this is very, very common. Uh, the different autoimmune diseases, Graves' disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, uh, there's a whole bunch of different ones. But I find that highly sensitive people, not only do they have a physical tendency to have this autoimmune reaction, they also have non-physical autoimmune reactions because they are sensing, it's like they have big, huge sensors, like they have a satellite dish the size of Montana, okay, mm -hmm. and which is a big state here in the United States. So, so they're, <laughs> they're sensing billions of bits of information, most of which are irrelevant to their lives. But because they haven't learned to harness that and shut it down to whatever it's required for what is, you know, their purpose, their mission, their lifetime, they suffer and they, their body and energetic bodies naturally repel these negative energies that are coming from, you know, all these different places and they manifest autoimmunity non-physically and then later on physically. So for these people, um, if they just do the, the dietary, the dietary changes, which is excellent, um, and, uh, take supplements if necessary, it's not enough for them. The highly sensitive people need to address the spiritual, dimensional, emotional, and mental levels of autoimmunity as well. So that's what I help them with. There's actually a course we have called the autoimmune healing secrets for sensitive souls, the feel fantastic formula, where we talk about, you know, both the energetics and the physical of, of how to heal from autoimmunity. And that works a lot better for highly sensitive people than just diet and, uh, you know, uh, supplements and things like that. So it would appear that part of turning sensitivity into a superpower is listening. Yeah, some people, their, their uh, superpower is hearing, which is called clairaudience. Okay. So literally them being silent, sometimes a word drops in. Now in the book, Sensitivities or Superpower, we actually go step-by-step step with uh, the different chapters actually show you how to harness specific sensitivities. So one is, for example, um, 
you know, your ability to intuit things. So we teach you intuitive impressioning, um, how to do divine muscle testing, very practical things like how to make decisions, you know, that we can use that. Um, then we have ones that are uh, some of the superpowers people don't know they already have, like tel uh, transformational telepathy. So for example, if someone is having a conflict with a family member, and that's pretty common these days, um, then you can actually do transformational telepathy. It's very, very easy uh, to do that and think of the other person and even without talking to them or even telling them you're doing it um, while you're like level one is writing down and feeling the 10 things you appreciate about that person every day for 30 days. It seems simple, but it's transformational. I've seen so many things change. I've seen court judgments shifted, divorce things change. I've seen, you know, um, like for myself, uh, you know, people that, that misunderstood something got mad at me, you know, because something I said or vice versa, literally like 24, 48 hours can just completely transform and the relationships completely healed. Um, so it can be amazing. So we teach you that. We also teach you some really fun stuff in the book, like weather magic. So myself and my students have moved hurricanes dissipated hurricanes. Um, Australia, when they had bushfires, you know, once uh, we, every, you know, whoever was there called for weather magic, we did it within two days, there was rain. Uh, Jakarta was flooding at the same time. So we stopped the rains of Jakarta. <laughs> so when it's allowed, meaning that spiritually speaking, um, that it's for the highest and greatest good, using our concerted collective intention and energies and being in that stillness space, knowing ourselves, and imagining the future reality we wish to create and just ignoring all the naysayers, you know, of yeah. what's gonna happen, you know how it is with the weather people. The people are stuck in the weather. Oh, it's gonna be raining. Oh, we're gonna have tornadoes. And it doesn't matter what you are imagining, they're like stuck on what the news says, right? So we teach people how to ignore that and continue seeing and feeling and experiencing the reality they do wanna experience. Um, and so we change the weather. You normally like for rain to stop takes about 10 minutes. Consistent, it's pretty consistent. So, um, you know, if I really need the rain to stop for whatever reason, you know, like I want to go to my car without getting my djembe drums wet, you know, because they would get damaged, you know, the universe goes, okay. So it just stops raining. I get everything in the car and then drive home, whatever. And I get in the house and 10 minutes later, downpour. So it's just, it's something that you teach kids and they do so great with it. You know, they teach some weather magic. Um, we teach a little bit of telekinesis. I'm not an expert in that. So we teach a little bit of the beginner stages of that in the book. So we have people do what we call cloud sculpting. Um, we teach people how to do hands-on healing remotely for someone who gives them permission using a doll as a proxy. That's called healing by proxy prop. So there's step-by-steps in, in pretty much every chapter in the book for people to really start harnessing their sensitivity as a superpower use their intuition, their healing powers, changing realities, changing the weather, changing their relationships. People can do this. And I'm just really excited, you know, for your audience to, you know, to, to have me here so we could share some of this good news with them. Gosh, I don't know what to ask next. I've got so many questions in my mind. <laughs> and I talk I, so much. You have to interrupt me. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, um, it's, it's really amazing information that you're, that you're giving. I didn't think that there was the ability of controlling the weather. And I guess if two people do it simultaneously on the same location, there might be a bit of a clash if one wants sunny weather. 
Yes, absolutely. So if the farmers need the rain, okay, yeah, yeah. and they've needed rain for a really long time, and most people, 90% of the people in the town want rain, okay, and you want a sunny day to go to the park, eh, you may or may not get it. Uh, but if it doesn't disturb other people's intentions, like, for example, my girlfriend had a wedding on a mountaintop, it was like the reception was going to be completely fogged over and a mess. If it was mm-hmm. raining, it was calling mm-hmm. for rain. So I was in a dance performance in the wedding. So I just told everybody there how to do it like five minutes. And I said, okay, let's do this. Right. So one person refused to do it because she didn't believe in it. That's fine. The other, the other 10 people did the weather magic the next day. It started raining, but by the time we went up to the mountain for the reception, it all cleared out. The sun came out and everyone at the wedding was like, can't believe the weather. Wow. This is a miracle. This is magic. Right. And then the, the, the bride and groom were like, it's Dr. Karen. She did weather magic. And I'm like, no, no, no. We did weather magic. <laughs> Gosh, you've got to have an open mind to accept um, these kinds of things. It's something, if nowadays, if something can't be proven in a laboratory, then it's not real. And it's kind of sad because it's, it's like cutting off any, you know, a huge portion of, of the real world around us. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many things that just because we don't have a, a, a system to measure it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean, hundreds of years ago, there's a lot of things that we didn't have devices for that we do now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so our, our, our basis of reality has you know, expanded uh, from that. But the neat thing is children are great that way, John, like they don't have a preconceived idea that they can't do it. So if, if they're growing up and you know, for example, my niece was about 14 when there were supposed to be tornadoes during Christmas in the middle of, you know, uh, the actual Christmas holiday in Texas. I said, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to do some weather magic? And she goes, what's that? Right? So open. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I said, okay, yeah. here's what we do. And, you know, I taught her how to do it. And I said, by the way, everyone's going to be complaining about how bad the weather is. You and I were going to wink and we're going to like rub elbows and we'll just know just to ignore them. You got it? And she's like, yeah, I can do that. So that's what we did. We just kept imagining the weather we wanted. We, yes, all the other adults were poo-pooing. They didn't say we couldn't do it. They just didn't believe it, that it would happen. Right. But we did right. it. We told them we were doing it. And we got the weather we preferred. Even though it's so funny, adults can be very negative sometimes. And, and uh, the, the grandmother was like, well, okay. So we you didn't get tornadoes, but it's still windy out. It's too windy to barbecue. And I said, wait a moment. <laughs> we went outside and we looked to the heavens and said, okay, we can use some help here. Can you just dial it down a notch for the wind until after the barbecue? <laughs> so sure enough, the wind just died down to nothing. We had the barbecue, everything. And you would think the adults seeing the evidence that weather magic is real, we can do it. We asked for what we wanted, we got exactly. You would think that would go, wow, maybe I can do it. No. <laughs> no they just let us do it they're like good for you guys great and then they just forgot about it it's just not on their radar you know unfortunately the, but. the um the american indians they were doing it with the rain dancers weren't they, they were right and exactly, rain. yeah and I, I mentioned that in uh in the book that greg braden uh who i love uh, a lot of his work uh, he had a hope uh, a friend a hopi indian friend who was doing a meditation for rain and Greg talks about it in his various programs where he went up to this sacred site uh, and he doesn't name where it is because it's sacred. 
and his friend does this whole you know thing he closes his eyes right in the middle of this labyrinth and and then three minutes later he's like okay i'm done let's go for lunch and greg's like wait 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 a second what did you just do like i didn't see what you were doing he was thinking he was doing a rain dance or something he just closed his eyes and, right. and what he did was exactly what we do for weather management we we are present we fully fill our bodies with our own energy we feel the energy we're we feel energy running in our body then we imagine the scene we desire and then we imagine what it feels like tastes like smells like you know um looks like in all the 360 degrees of all of our senses as if we're really there as if it's here already and then we say thank you uh, now what sometimes I, I can get creative like for example i've used um and a big giant vacuum cleaner once to clean up all the smoke from the fire <laughs> you know one time i was doing uh hurricane healing and I, I saw in my mind's eye thousands of angels like in the hurricane making, you know, a, a something, whatever they were doing in there. And I just, you know, thanked them for their work. And uh, I thought nothing of it. But then an, um, a student emailed me an, an article or, or I saw an article about how this hurricane was dissipating. And they mentioned the hurricane that the hurricane was doing something very highly unusual and very rare and it was called sprites i believe where the lightning goes upwards and that was my confirmation that yeah we did help you you know like that was the yes it is another confirmation for another hurricane we helped to heal uh this was one that actually was going to hit florida and one of our students was in the path of it and she was going to be inundated with eight feet of water they were warning people they need to get ready to move out as soon as they give the alert. And she called for weather magic for the whole group. Hey, can you help us out? We said, sure, we can. So we all did imagine whatever we imagined in the mind. And uh, afterwards, this hurricane was going right for Boca Raton, Florida. It split into two and went around her. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. Uh -huh. And my students are great because they email me stuff and they're like, Dr. Because I'm a figure skater. They're like, Dr. Karen, Dr. Karen, did you read this article about the hurricane? I'm like, no, no. And I said, okay. And they said, no, 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 read to the end. The end, go down, scroll down. It said, well, the hurricane, the eye of the hurricane, it enlarged and slowed the hurricane down. So it was, if it was going 200 and something miles per hour, just slow down, right? When the, when it, the eye, you know, gets better, bigger. And the news person, this is how I know angels are talking to me. The news person said in the article, as if a figure skater spinning opens her arms to slow the spin down. Like she, they actually use this figure skating analogy. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. If that's not a synchronicity, you know. <laughs> so people can do this, you know. Um, and, you know, I mean, divine muscle testing, for example, like John, yeah, sorry, William has a question about how to access your intuition. That is a, like a training wheels for direct knowing. So we give you several different tools in there to connect with your intuition, but divine muscle testing is one way to very simply use the body as an interface uh, to get a yes, no answer uh, from whatever question that you're asking. And so that's a really good place to start. If somebody's like, I don't know where to start to access my intuition, stillness, stillness or observing tone movement, and then using the divine muscle testing tool until you don't need it anymore. 
until you just get the knowing, right? Whether that be through hearing, through sensing in the body, through sight or inner sight, through smell, through touch, you know, all these different ways to access your intuition. If you're, if you can imagine um, changing the weather and it happens, can you apply that for something even more important, like one's own health? You can put, you can imagine the disease leaving your body. Absolutely. Yeah, the, absolutely. And there, there's a chapter called STOEM, which is the methodology I talked about before, stillness through observing internal movement. STOEM for masterful manifesting is one of the later chapters. So that's really about creating the new reality you desire. Most of us are trained and conditioned to keep seeing what they show us on the news. Mm-hmm. And we keep repeating uh, what is in our reality because of what we see, because we're emotionally drawn to those things. The news is in, in you know, whatever, Facebook, Yahoo, whatever, is, is there to pull on our heartstrings to get a reaction out of us. Whatever we react more to, we get more of. So one of the disciplines is around creating your ideal new reality. First of all, you can do it on paper. You'd be amazed, John. Well, maybe you won't be amazed, but it's amazing to me how many people have no idea. They know what they don't want. So they'd be like, well, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be tired. I definitely don't want an alcoholic as a husband because I had three of those already, you know? (laughs) So they're very clear on what they don't want. So we teach people how to change that around to be clear on what you do want. Use what you don't want as a template for what you do want. Write it in the positive as if it's already happening and then learn to embody that. In stillness, it's a lot easier um, to embody that new reality and feel it. This is how athletes win medals. I've won, gosh, I don't know how many gold medals now in figure skating, uh, all at the adult level because I started late. Uh, Mm. But that's what we do. We just see ourselves, not just see, not just visualize, but embody in the body what it feels like to do a perfect program, to have the people there. They're appreciating it. You're having fun. They're having fun. It's so joyful. And uh, often when I get on the ice to perform, I mean, sometimes I have my best performances live because there's the energy exchange back and forth with the audience. And it's wonderful. I don't know how figure skating escaped the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, yes, this... <laughs> my, my, my pastime. My, yeah, yeah, my pastime. That's... There's so many things. People are like, oh, my gosh, you do West African drumming. Oh, my gosh. You seem to be a sort of, the sort of person, the lovely sort of person who doesn't spend much time in front of the TV. You actually live life. But yeah, well, the funny thing is my, 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 my husband loves movies and loves not, not so much TV because he can't stand commercials. And now at the, now having done stillness um, so much that when there are discordant, disharmonic energies in my vicinity, it's like so easy to catch or even think people telling lies, uh, right. whether that be TV, politics, whatever. It's so easy to catch when we know ourselves. And we mm. can take to the truth in that way. It doesn't mean that I'm not incorrect sometimes, but I always say to people, when I believe something, I say, this is my current understanding, or this is my current belief, which may change tomorrow, right? Based on new information. So I'm open to new information coming in. And so I'm not a big fan of, of television because of all the manipulative stuff. We know that people's brains go into an alpha meditative state almost within, like, within two minutes of watching TV, according to the studies. 
So right. you cannot not be hypnotized by the television. Like they actually taught <laughs> volunteer volunteers said, don't, you know, stay awake, stay alert. Right. But nope, the brainwave state went immediately to the meditative state while they were watching TV. So, but do I enjoy a good movie? Absolutely, I do. And sometimes I will practice stillness through observing internal movement during the movie <laughs> just to see what happens. And I will start seeing the connections of the movie to real life and some of the messaging that's there, like, like, like um, pre-event things, like, you know, certain things like predicting the lockdown, like, like the superhero movies. Uh, they predicted that number of years ago. So it's these little words, these things that did not make sense then. But now when we look back and we watch it, we're like, oh, that's where they were telling us this was going to happen. And this was going to happen. And this was going to happen. And this was going to be the story. And they're going to tell us. It's like, wow. So I do actually do enjoy, you know, being in front of the TV. Not a lot, but <laughs> for these kinds of drops. And everyone turn their sensitivity into a superpower? If they choose to. Okay. Absolutely. If they choose to. Um, so the funny thing is some people think, well, because society has told them that, that the so-called disabled or formerly we called them handicapped or, you know, kids that are autistic or yeah. you know, whatever, um, that uh, how can they harness their superpowers? You know, I mean, they're, they're disabled. But the funny thing yeah. is, they are the sensitives. <laughs> All of them, the people, the kids with the kids and adults with the ADHD, uh, the yeah. people with autism, Asperger's, um, mm. they're all sensitive. Right. And right. if the parents, when their child is growing up, if they actually knew that, they would know how to shift their environment to de-stress them. Um, okay. So they're more comfortable and they're able to function in society better and various different energy healing ways, of course, can be really helpful. Um, but, but it's amazing if we actually watch and pay attention to what they're reacting to, there is normally something there okay. that is not okay. good <laughs> that they're reacting to. Um, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But can medications make it um, difficult? Can medications prevent someone from turning it turning this sensitivity oh, yeah. yes great question the answer is yes to a degree so okay. um i think that there's a lot of medication and me being a medical doctor i prescribed a lot of them in the past so for example antidepressants the serotonin reuptake inhibitors ssris yes. like prozac paxil zoloft are their brand names um people would complain about them being numb they'd be numb Oh, yeah. right. So that, that is. That well, is they just have no emotion. They yes. don't have depression, but they don't have any emotion. They don't have joy. They're just numbed out. Right. So in those cases, I do think that it is a little bit more difficult. I've had some people that have, um, you know, on certain calls and interviews, uh, we interview people for our level one training program uh, because, you know, it's a higher priced item. We want to make sure it's a good fit for people. And one gentleman said, look, I, I got the, um, I can't say it live, but the injection, I got the injection uh, that the government is telling me to get. And he says, mm -hmm. I lost my connection to God. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He says, I just had a really steady meditation practice and, you know, easily connected 
to that space. And after I got the injection, I, I can't connect there anymore. And I was very worried and concerned. And we found out, you know, the various with Tobacan healing method, the healing method I teach, you know, the various different reasons uh, that he could, or the things that he could heal now to get that connection back if he so chose. So it's not irreversible. Okay. Okay. But it does take some work for sure. If medications are involved, sometimes it takes work. I seen, because sensitive people can feel th- more things than others, their sensory inputs are, they, they may get overloaded at times. Do they tend to get more stressed? Yeah, they do. The, the overwhelm is, you know, it's like having a million conversations that yeah. you're trying to pay attention to simultaneously. And you're like, I don't know what you want to listen to. The yes. overwhelm is the number one sensitivity symptom. Right. We'll right. go through. Um, there are many, but that that pain is very common. But um, that feeling of overwhelm. And here's the thing: right. sometimes it's overwhelm. They think because we're conditioned to be individuals in our Western society. They think it's their overwhelm. They think it's their stuff. But yes. with divine muscle testing, for example, when we're connected in. We can actually ask how much of that overwhelm is actually your stuff that you're dealing with right now, or how much of it is other people's stuff that you're feeling. So when this whole COVID, you know, pandemic thing hit, um, there were some highly sensitive people who were not students of mine, but I had treated them in the past, you know, Mm. seen them on Instagram, young people, things like that. And one was uh, getting fairly depressed and reached out to me. And I said, did you read my book yet? She goes, oh my gosh, you have a book. So she immediately bought it and she devoured it in a day or something like that. And she says, OMG, I just realized that it's not mine. I said, bingo, it's not yours. You're feeling what the collective is feeling, that overwhelm, that loss, you know, and and it was just so emotional for her. But the minute she put her attention on it, wait a second, maybe this isn't mine. And she started doing that meditation, that stillness through observing tunnel movement then immediately it's like, it, it was gone. It was gone. She was literally like, good, like joyful, like happier and centered. And she's like, thank you so much. And she's like, I'm giving this book away to my friend. She really needs it. You know? <laughs> um, so that's the kind of impact we want to have is, is people really getting to know themselves, realizing that sensitive people, that sometimes it's not your stuff. So learning how to clear other people's stuff, get back to yourself and your center is so important. And that's is the basis of accessing your intuition is know thyself in, in this kind of intimate, energetic way. Right. Um, when people ask, who am I? What's, what's, what am I doing on this earth? What's, what's my purpose? And uh, how do you answer them? Well, I tend to be very structured uh, in terms of the teaching. So one of the things <laughs> included in this book was called the soul mission matrix. So this is an, a way that which you can use the divine muscle testing that we teach in uh, chapter five to figure out for this body and timeline, what is your current soul mission, your soul purpose. Now, some people assume that means, am I supposed to be a teacher or am I supposed to be an artist? It's more of a big picture evaluation. We teach people to figure out whether they have a being versus a doing mission or a combination of both. So a being mission 
And this, by the way, uh, is extrapolated from Dr. Uh, sorry, Dolores Cannon's work. She was a very famous uh, hypnotist here in the States. Uh, and um, she talked about the three waves of volunteers, about the people incarnating into human bodies who under hypnosis would actually reveal to her that they were not from here. They're from other planets and things like that. So before she died, she had a lot of new awarenesses around that. And she talked about people coming here from other planets. These are our highly sensitive people. Uh, and um, they had sometimes a mission to be or vibrate a frequency or resonance. And many of them, their whole mission here on earth was to be the frequency of joy or be the frequency of peace or be the frequency of love. So when, you know, they asked, well, should I be a teacher? Should I be, you know, a janitor? Like what I said, it doesn't matter if you have a being mission, <laughs> you just be the frequency of what you're supposed to be while you're doing what you're doing. And the people with the doing mission have a little bit more action oriented things like teaching, counseling, awakening, integrating, you know, so they're helping uh, others do some of that as they do it for themselves. And so we, we gave you the whole formula in the book, chapter six, on how to extract your soul mission for this timeline. In your book, you, um, you talk about how saying no can support your superpowers. Yes. Yeah. Th this is like everyone's like, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, that's nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I have found that being able to say no uh, is absolutely necessary for especially highly sensitive people uh, because so often we can feel what the other person is potentially going to feel, whether that be disappointment or upset at us, and we want to avoid having to deal with their emotions, <laughs> not to mention right. our own disappointment, right. guilt, all that kind of stuff. So we often will say yes when we really mean no or not even aware of what we should say, because we're just so, I, for example, uh, I, I still have difficulty saying no, which is, you know, a lot of things I practice for myself and I don't tell people to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. So I'm practicing this nirvana of no as well. What I notice is when people have an idea and I'm an ideas person. So when they're like, oh, this is a great idea. You know, I would get so wrapped up in their excitement I would just go, sure, I'll do it, right? And then later on, I'm like, I don't have time for this. What am I thinking? Like, what, why did I say yes to that? <laughs> and, and so, because um, I, we're very, usually sensitive people are gent, like if they're really resonating, they're true frequency. We're, we're a very big, generous, big hearted group. That's just, you know, we just love saying yes. So it's taken me some training and practice and I'm still working on it to pause, to make sure that, before I give an answer that I tune into myself, again, that stillness, you know, tuning into myself and then coming from that grounded place to say yes or no and be willing to receive whatever reaction the person has uh, because that's courage, you know? Um, right. you allow people to have their reaction, whether it's good, bad, something you want or don't want. You don't have to control people so that they don't have a reaction so you don't have to deal with them. And that's what I used to do is I used to control, like try to control everything. So I would not have to deal with their negative emotions because I could not handle their negative emotions. Now I can, because I, I don't take it personally. If they're having a reaction, that's fine. I can be compassionate around that, but I'm still saying no. 
And that's a challenge that many sensitive people have. And if they want to be in that place of abundance, guess what? They need to learn to say no. It's part of it. It's part of it. At the uh, bottom of this video, we'll put a link for people who want to purchase your book. And I'm guessing it's just about everyone. But for people who can't wait, um, there's one question I'd like to ask. And I was hoping that you could at least give an outline. Divine muscle testing. We've, you've mentioned this a few times. Uh, I'm guessing it's you, you connect yourself to the universe and you have some sort of feedback mechanism. Could you describe this to me, please? Right. So there are um, uh, like four main steps that we use. This is training wheels for just divine knowing or what we call claircognizance. So it's using your body as an intuitive feedback tool. So when you ask yes, no questions, and by the way, certain questions, generally we don't get accurate answers for because they may not be for your highest and greatest good or evolve your soul. For example, what are the lottery numbers that are going to win? Okay. Generally, people don't get that right, <laughs> but they can figure out what is causing their illness or contributing to it or what they should eat or what they should not eat or, you know, things like that. So once you have your yes, no question, um, you, we teach you to do the stone procedure to align. So we connect, you know, to your source of inner wisdom. Um, and then we actually do the uh, muscle testing. We have some uh, things that we teach people to practice. So one of the things we teach in the book is the very simplest method of muscle testing that I found is called the body sway method. And that is when you're standing, arms at your side, you know, um, for people that may not have the perfect balance, we have them close to a chair or something like that. They can put their hand on, but lots of times when they close their eyes and um, hands at the side, you say, show me a yes. And then their body will usually sway forward on a yes. And usually it takes one 1,000, two 1,000, and then the body starts to sway forward, show me a no, and then the body starts to sway back. So we just have them wow. have, when they're first practicing a wall next to them or a chair, just so they, if they start, like, if it's really a professional, <laughs> so, uh, children learn these things very, very quickly. Um, in one of my courses, we actually teach them six other different ways of doing, you know, um, finger testing, um, you know, different kinds of single hand, double hand muscle testing on themselves. But the reason I call it divine muscle testing and not just regular bikes, knees, mm -hmm. theology is that in divine muscle testing, we connect to the source or the creator, you know, the creative space, the zero point field to get the most accurate answers nothing's perfect. We're still human. We still make mistakes. We still have a filter, but to get more accurate answers, we ask the, the, you know, the creative force for that yes, no answer. And then, so we connect there and then we do, you know, some corrections if necessary. And then we go and we receive the answer with that body sway, you know, back or forth. I use um, a finger rub test, which evolved from a flick test. A yes is a um, a stuck and a, a no is a flick. So it takes some practice, but it's a great way to access your intuition really fast. So when I do healings on people, like I have a free mini monthly healing that people can come to a group healing and we take demos and we teach, you know, just how, you know, how you can use your muscle testing. Uh, when I do the evaluation, it's like seconds, right? So, you know, somebody might say, well, I have this pain in my side. 
And I'm like, okay, so let's see what's going on with your side. And, and they said, well, I'm really worried about my liver. I said, okay, well, we can ask how happy the liver is. So we ask how happy the liver is. Is it more than 50%? Yes, 60, 70. Yes, 80, no. Okay, so let's back it down. Is it 75 to 80? Yes. Okay, so is it 75% happy? Yes. Okay, great. So the liver is 75% happy. You know, so we can get information really, really quickly. Um, just like that doctor I talked about who didn't have the oxygen. Um, we actually have charts with, um, this is not in the book, this is part of my training program, which is uh, about $4,000. Um, but we train people to do self-healing at a very high level and they can muscle test, divine muscle test, the answer and the, the training, you know, we show you how to release negative energies, uh, even toxin energies, you know, uh, even infectious energies, because at the end of the day, it's the vibration and frequency of that physical agent that is causing the problem in the body. So if you neutralize the light or the frequency of whatever's harmful, it no longer affects you in that same way. That being said, it doesn't mean that everybody can just go eat candy all day long and not exercise and not drink any water and think that they're going to be perfectly healthy just doing energy healing day in, day out. That does, that's not how it works. You still have to care for your physical body, but we can accelerate the healing process so much faster with light medicine. Caring is so much. Um, absolutely amazing this information that you've been giving and uh well for the whole hour we've been um non-stop giving throwing new ideas which um will you know which are <laughs> really blowing us away with um with the, with the uh the, just the sheer volume of questions i've been um wanting to ask so many questions but i'm guessing all the answers are in your book now uh for the uh, benefit of the viewers of this yeah. and uh also to thank you for giving us your time on the show. We will put on the bottom um, the name of the uh, the book that we're referring to during this um, uh, uh, interview is Sensitivity is Your Superpower. It's actually a beautiful title too. Sensitivity oh, has normally got a ne negative connotation, but uh, there we go. That's the book. <laughs> There's the book. Oh, yeah. And um, there is a, just for your viewers, uh, I do have a, $1,000 value worth of bonuses for people that buy the book, whether you buy it from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, whether you get the ebook from me directly, it doesn't really matter. There is a page on the website called sensitivityisyoursuperpower.com. And there's also a link from karencan.com, my main page as well, where you can uh, just put your order number in, or if you buy it directly from me, the ebook, we'll have that. And then we'll send you the link to those bonuses. We have downloadable um, little mini healings, um, uh, some trainings, uh, various different partners, uh, friends of mine in the healing space, uh, personal growth space actually donated some of their work so that people can really get started and uh, you know get to really receiving some of the benefits even long before they read the book. So I just want to make sure that your listeners and viewers know that those bonuses are definitely still available for them if they choose to, you know, connect with me through the book. And we also have, you know, a light uh, warrior network, which is the network uh, on Facebook. A lot of people are leaving Facebook these days, but we still have that group. Um, and also I'm on YouTube as well. Uh, Academy of light medicine, which is under Karen can MD. So um, people can subscribe there. And I have a weekly newsletter um, with the latest spiritual drops, you know, from, <laughs> from uh, the creator of what's going on in the world. 
and uh, lots of free and fun stuff for people to participate in. Fantastic. So viewers, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Click on the link below. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, John. Thanks for having me on and helping me spread the word of the good news that sensitivity is your superpower. I want to thank all your viewers and listeners and uh, for the great questions as well. And uh, anything that we did not answer, you know, you can definitely connect, uh, you know, with me through the website or um, we'll send you to the right spot <laughs> to get some of the <laughs> answers. And uh, I really hope that the viewers enjoy the book as, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Been a brilliant interview. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Karen, from my heart. Thank you for staying up so late. Oh, my Quick. pleasure. Yeah. I wanted to make um, sure that we, you know, it was live, so I wanted to make sure I came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... um we've got a very large um facebook group and so this this is expanding the number of people that know what dr karen can is doing and uh thank you and the and the potential that they possess rather than being a handicap it's actually um a superpower <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah thank you for sharing that message it's super important for me and i've seen so many amazing amazing sensitive people heal and not have to suffer, you know, from their sensitivity. Um, and where, you know, all the doctors and everybody has said, now there's nothing we can do for you. It's just all in your head. You know, it's so frustrating for them. It is frustrating for them. But let's hope that, um, that those people realize that that's not, that was not a good answer. I'm going to look elsewhere and they view this video and then click on the link below. <laughs> Okay. okay, thanks again. Good Great. night. Thank you so much. Take care. You take care too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And there we have it. Dr. Karen Can talking to us how, explaining to us how something which most people would regard as a handicap, a curse, if you like, in their lives, because they're sensitive to EMF, that's electrical radiation, or sensitive to emotions that other people are throwing to them, sensitive to many things. It can actually be a superpower. It's, it's a gift if you can understand it and control it. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to get a book. I'm definitely going to get a book um, to learn more. I, I love learning. I love, um, I love how Dr. Karen can turn something negative. She was going to take her life to something extremely positive. And looking at her now, she looks so happy. Yeah. And now you all want to be in that state. <laughs> Till next time, everybody, take care. Please keep passing the love forwards. Help people that need help. Those you love, those you don't love, and maybe even those you hate. Because your life will be blessed as a result. Not just for that reason, you're also helping, but helping people. It's just a good thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.